0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, welcome to Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis. Uh, I want to get some uh, personal stuff out of the way at the front of this show. I had a, uh, a passing back home, uh, not my father, just in case anyone was worried about that after earlier discussions, an older relative um, you know, always still a sad situation. What that means for the podcast is I'm going to use that episode. I did record with my father, uh, for one of the recordings this week, and I'm going to record two tonight. Uh, I should be back. I'm hoping by Thursday, so there won't be any gaps in the schedule. Uh, if it doesn't come together, there's going to be a, a phoned, uh, one for Thursday, but I I just wanted to, you know, be very open and outright, you know, something happens. Uh, I'm If I can I'll try to do like an emergency recording but uh, if there's even something relatively minor and you're like why didn't Jeff cover that he tends to dig deep that's the why so speaking of uh, occurrences we had Plesak and Clevenger being optioned off site to the minor league site now Clevenger had one option left which is why they could do this and it is interesting because if they keep Clevenger down there for 19 days they essentially get a extra year of service time So instead of him hitting free agency at age uh, after his age 31 season, turning 32, he would then hit it after his age 32 season, turning 33. And that's, it's one year, but for a player like him, that's a big difference. That's, that's a lost year. Uh, I'll be curious to see if they try to keep him down there. That's going to lead to some legal situations. I don't think he is going to end up down there for those 19 days. He'll get punished and then he'll come up. Please Hank, though, could stay down there longer and they have a better case with him. Just because he's younger, yes, he has played well this year, but he doesn't have the long track record. With Clevenger, it's very hard to make that case. With Plesak, you can just point out track record, and we didn't need a starter. So, we shall see how that goes. Now, I will preview the Pirates series on the podcast today, and I will talk about that mystery trade partner if the Indians did trade Clevenger. Um, Man, this weekend were a lot of thirsty fans from other fan bases everyone explained to me why is not that good and why Clevenger is uh, why this whole situation really hurts his value and why he should be so cheap. Uh, first off, what I point out to everyone is I mean Clevenger was a knucklehead and I was frustrated with him as you could tell on the podcast but this is not a massive issue. Uh, he I didn't hear a lot of negatives about Clevenger in the clubhouse beforehand. Bauer, you know, there was always a few issues here and there, and, you know, he was buddies with Bauer and Bauer-Plesak, you know, that's a group, but he's not even on a Trevor Bauer level of nuisance. Like, he's, again, he's a knucklehead, but he's a a well-meaning knucklehead for the most part, and his teammates, I, I haven't ever seen any problems, uh, outwardly outside of some of the comments that, uh, came out after this recent situation. It doesn't hurt or affect trade value at all, uh. As a reminder, the year uh, Chapman shot a gun in the direction of his pregnant wife, uh, he was traded twice. Uh, The Yankees didn't give up much, they bought cheap, but they got Glybar Torres from him as just a rental of a a reliever. And Roberto Osuna was also traded after uh, domestic violence. Uh, What Mike Clevenger did is nothing compared to that. Uh, COVID is a real situation. It is a very dangerous situation. It is not domestic violence, and I, I'm not going to get into that argument with people. But that was, you know, people online, uh, I think my two favorite trades were the Los Angeles Angels fan, uh, who was like, okay, well, Brian Goodwin end piece." Now, Brian Goodwin has been about a league average outfielder the past two years, which would be an upgrade for the Indians, but I was like... The Angels don't have pieces. Uh, you know, Unless they're trading Joe Adele, nothing makes sense. Like Marsh is a good prospect, but the rest of that prospect pool is not as deep. They can't trade Detmers uh, until the season ends. He could be a player to be named later. And it's a team that's just lacking pieces. And on top of that, they're off to one of the worst starts in the league. I mean, the Angels have been horrible. One pitcher isn't going to fix that. Uh, and then the second favorite was the Atlanta Braves fan who's like, well, we would trade Drew Waters, but if we traded Waters for Clevenger, then we'd also want Fran Mo Reyes. It's like, okay, um, Waters' best outcome might be Fran Mo Reyes, but with uh, plus defense. like That that might be his high-end outcome. Now, uh, Drew Waters I've talked about repeatedly on this show. He's a really interesting prospect, but he has the widest range. He is one of the riskiest prospects you could acquire there's a lot in that profile which screams uh you know reminds me of jake bowers and things like that where guys got kind of aggressively pushed and how much of the value is based on performance relative to age and as opposed to looking at the full picture and you know as i talked about guys like drew waters before when i did the deep dive research the number one reason the hitter fails outside of injury is imbalance and walk to strikeout ratio and then just high k rates in general and waters k rate is it's it's not great so Uh, I mean, everyone was coming out of the woodwork to make their terrible trades. Uh, A Blue Jays fan telling me that it was a a light offer, where I said an offer was light, that offered Teoscar Hernandez, who's a a beast based off of, he was, you know, he had a good second half last year and has come out well in 20 games this year. Uh, Alejandro Kirk, who has an interesting hit tool, but I'm not sold on defensively. And uh, who was, I can't remember what the third piece was. It was like an Indians fan brought up the trade and this Blue Jays fan telling me that's too much. That's that was kind of par for the course with all of these deals. So let's get into it. The team that I think makes the most sense, honestly, for a Mike Clevenger deal is the Colorado Rockies. You might be like, what? And going into this weekend, they were actually first in their division, a 68% chance to make it. They had some struggles over this, uh, this weekend. They're now, they entered half a game up. Now they're two games back uh, to the, that same Dodgers team who they will face Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The last two or three to Texas, and this is a team that, when you look at them, and pitching is always a woe. Like that is always an issue uh, that comes up with the Rockies. Their starting rotation right now, uh, German Marquez is has been great in the early goings. Uh, Antonio Cenzalata has been solid for a few starts. Uh, Ryan Castellani, who I remember seeing in Double A in La and this guy is going to be barely a major leaguer. He was not good in that outing I saw. Uh, has actually performed pretty well this year when he's caught up. Kyle Freeland has been a great first-round pick for them. John Gray, I, if he was not so close to free agency, I would love to see the Indians tackle him and see if you could figure out and fix him. Or if you could do some kind of deal where you get him and he signs an extension. Because he is uh, not even 29 yet. You know, there, There's still a lot of time in there. There's a lot of good things. We've seen the, the highlights uh, with him. He was my number one pitcher in that draft class. Uh, I still believe in John Gray I'm just going to put it that way But uh, yeah, unless you could get some kind of uh, extension beforehand He doesn't do a lot uh, for me And their bullpen has had some nice uh, pieces and parts to it Jeff Hoffman, uh, Yancy Almonte Those are both starters who've been working out Yario Diaz has been uh, really strong for them And then Daniel Bard has come in and been their closer And what a story for him at age 35 Making that comeback their best reliever all of last year, Scott Oatberg, hasn't had a chance to pitch. He's been hurt. Uh, Wade Davis, who was their you know big money signing, uh, also hurts. So the, the bullpen has a chance to get better. They could use another starter, though. And getting a pitcher of Clevenger's quality that can stick around with his core and the center part of their lineup, uh, Story Blackman, uh, Arenado, I mean, th- those guys have just been deadly. Uh, Murphy and Hampson are solid. And this is where, you know, I start to put a, a trade together, uh, especially with the situation with the DH right now. They, they have a place where they can have Brian McMahon play at first base, who's a guy I've liked for a while. Tapia works for them. Uh, Walters really should be a backup. But David Dahl is having a rough year. And David Dahl was a guy that, back in 2012, if he had been on the board, I think the Indians would have taken him over Naquin. I just talked to some people that year, and he was their dude. And he has been a little up and down during his career. Now you go and you look at last year, his uh, his data. K percentage, whiff percentage, not great. Uh, exit velocity, not great. But his hard hit percentage was close to average. His expected on base percentage was a little above average. Expecting batting average below, or above average. Expected slugging, 69th percentile. And barreled the ball 71% of time. Outs above average, 71. Jump above outfielder jump rate, 66, and 77 in sprint speed. And just, you can tell he is hurting right now because his outs above average is down to 21. His jump is a 48. Sprint speed's a 57. Everything's a mess for him. Now, uh, you're probably like, why do we want him? And I get that. But I think you're betting on him getting healthy. And he has a ton of team control left. Uh, as I recall, he can't be a free agent until, I think, 2024. So you get, you know, this season, then you get 21, 22, 23, three years of team control of a player who, I mean, a year ago, looked like a potential three-win outfielder, maybe a a potential four-win outfielder who could play left or center. Uh, I like the tool set. I like the control. He makes a lot of sense. Now, the other guys really talk about with Colorado when you're looking at any trade, and we'll get to those guys in a moment here, but let's talk about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is one of our fantastic sponsors. You know about them. I've talked about them uh, to no end. They are an easy-to-navigate site. They cut out all the little things that raise costs by having one central site and sending you what you need for your car. So you go to their site, super easy to navigate, find your car, find your parts, find your pieces, and you're going to be able to see that m- the majority of the time you're going to get it cheaper through RockAuto.com. When you go to rockauto.com, you're going to type in little how did you hear about us box locked on. You can say locked on MLB. You can say locked on Indians. Just put locked on in there because that lets them know that their advertising money is well spent. So remember, rockauto.com. When you need a piece of part for your car, easy to navigate website, great selection, fantastic prices. rockauto.com. Our new sponsor is a local one. So this is exciting and it's a fun one to check out. It's this new website called Ohio vs. Everyone. So that's Ohio, then the little vs everyonecom And over the years, if you're like me, there's been so many great Cleveland sites that have kind of, you know, risen and fallen. And what's nice about Ohio vs. Everyone and what it gives them a chance to really compete out there in the market is it's Ohio. So if you're a Buckeyes fan, if you are a Bengals fan, if you're a Reds fan, and, you know, obviously all three big Cleveland ones are there as well, uh, but Columbus Blue Jackets, you know, everything you could want is going to be there. It's focused on Ohio. It is Ohio versus everyone. And when I went to to look at the ad read for this, I was like, oh, so who's their Indians guy? And it's Matt Bretz. And I don't know if you know Matt. Uh, He is at Wahoos at Wahoos on first for a long time as well. I think he and I must have been following each other for almost a decade now. Uh, and we don't always agree. I think he'd you the first one to admit it, but what's great about Matt is he is one of the most historically knowledgeable uh, writers I have ever met on the Indians. Uh, he's the person who's out there um, talking about the Spiders and their bad history and why that's not the right name for an Indians team, and he's a very knowledgeable writer. He loves the team. He's been writing about it for a long time. He's a great guy that they have doing their Indians coverage. Uh, If you want to find him on Twitter, he's at Matt B underscore W-O-F. I'm going to try to get him on the show at some point. It just schedules right now. But yeah, Ohio versus everyone. It's great we have a local one. It's great uh, that we have one where I can say, hey, I know the Indians guy, and he is worth checking out. So back to talking about the Rockies. Maybe we won't get the preview in on this episode, which is fine because Monday is an off day. So uh, let's talk about this Rockies team and why... I really like them as a trade uh, team. There are four players in their minors that stand out for me. Now, the whole situation is when you have a 60-man roster, you cannot trade someone who isn't on the roster. I think you could do a player to be named later and get that player later. Or if you're a team like the Rockies and you have an open spot on your roster, you can always shuffle it. Or you can release someone and shuffle it. There's ways to make it work. Uh, So... We'll talk about the two obvious guys. We'll talk about the two other guys for that on the down list. And there's actually a fifth guy that intrigues me as well. So uh, it's it's Colorado talk. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of people, one person when I talked about, I did a spoiler alert on Twitter that Colorado was the team. And someone's like Garrett Hampson and Sam Hilliard. And I'm like, okay, I know we need outfielders. And Hampson's a, you know, a league average guy who can play anywhere. Um, kind of a Marwin Gonzalez type. He would not be the worst addition But I want more than those two guys. Like, Hilliard's a fantastic athlete, but I'm not sure if he's an everyday player yet. Hampson, he might be league average, which for some of outfield spots would be a a significant trend upwards. But still, I am trying to find potential impact if I'm going to move a player of Clevenger's level. The first guy I have to talk about is Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers was part of that 2015 draft class and was my number one rated player. Uh, I think I was the highest person on Bregman, but he was still, like, second on my board. Uh, Rogers was the number one guy, and I just thought that he was going to have plus right-handed power at the shortstop position. There's some talk now he might have to move to second base. That doesn't bother me if I'm the Indians, because who's the Indian second baseman next year? I mean, do you guys know? Because I don't. (laughs) I I don't think that's a position where we really have much of an option for a few years getting someone like Rodgers who's ready to go would be ideal. Now, someone told me that, you know, Rodgers doesn't have good value. Again, this is funny because this was a fan base that was not the Rockies, not the Indians trying to explain why their trade package was better than what Colorado could do because he had a terrible uh, runs created plus last year. He had uh, 25 games, 81 plate appearances, and then ended up having labrum surgery that he was trying to play through. So he hasn't had a chance to, to play this year, and he's you know he's recovering from that labrum surgery but he is hit at every single level now it is interesting he's that guy he gets called up it takes him some time to adapt and then the next year he crushes it that's what's happened at double and triple a for him in his career he's hit at every level he's going to be able to handle second base without any problem and i would just let him go and play that position don't put that at a pressure of shortstop on him uh, that's just going to be a disaster in of itself for whoever tries to walk into that role. But we don't have a second baseman of the future. Rogers could be the guy, and that's why I'd be really intrigued by him. You might be able to buy low, honestly, because of the the surgery and not, you know, being the best version of himself last year. It's unlikely, but, you know, it's a guy that until he hit the majors, his worst strikeout rate uh, was 23%. And a lot of times he kept it in the high teens walked a little he has hit for power uh i really still believe in him i think he is really underrated in a lot of places right now and i would be all about adding him uh in some kind of deal uh, either with doll or if i couldn't get doll i would you know he's the the big beast to me next guy I want to talk about is ryan Velotti. Velotti was a second-round pick who I had a first-round grade on in 2017. Coach's son who just hit, and always hit, hit, hit. He had a loud swing, and he changed that loud swing last year and got rid of some of those moving parts, and in high A, uh, hit more home runs than he had in 2017 and 2018 combined. He's had a decreasing strikeout percentage every single year in the minors. His walk percentage the last two years stayed the same. Hitting for more power... Uh, striking out less, walking at the same rate, a change in approach. He was a high school shortstop. Last year it became clear he was probably going to have to move to third base and or a corner outfield spot. But I think, again, this is a kid who was good enough to play shortstop through high A, uh, third base or outfield. He's going to be a probably at least an average defender at either spot. And he's just starting to unlock what he can do. And that's what makes Ryan Velotti a guy that uh, really intrigues me. Uh, I, I don't think, no, Velotti is on their 60-man, uh, as is Rogers. So those are easy guys to to add to the team. Now, the next guy up is someone that should come as no surprise if you followed me at all, and that's Taron Vavra. Now, Vavra is one of those guys that when I wrote about him back before the 2018 draft, I plain and simply made a list of things I look for which show me a player that is going to be undervalued, underestimated and outperform his uh, draft rankings, his prospect rankings, uh, all the little facets and features that make a guy outperform consistently. And Bavar had all of them, every single one of them. And he was the MVP in A ball a year ago. All he did was hit uh, 318 with a 409 on base, a 49 slugging and a 160 uh, WRC plus year before that in 44 games he had a 142 wrc plus he has hit over 300 pretty consistently in the minors he is not currently on their 60 man which is an issue but he's this uh shortstop at minnesota son of a coach brothers uh played minor league baseball highly productive lots of blocks low strikeouts high doubles and he's just he's kept that going he's walked over 13 percent of the time in the minors uh this year the last year he walked as many times as he struck out percentage wise and he also had 10 home runs so he's just continuing to do it and he's exactly the type of guy as when i look at statistical numbers i want to buy because he's still not getting respect he's still not even viewed as like a top five guy in the rocky system in most places and you know, the Rockies didn't respect him enough to put him on the 60-man and bring him to camp, where a lot of other teams brought every single top-ten prospect in. What He's done everything he can. Like, the next stop would be to, to go to high A and double A, and, yeah, buy on this kid now, because I, I would be shocked if he is not a future uh, starter in the big leagues. I'll put it that way. I'm going to buy on it. I think he can do everything well enough to be successful. The next guy is also not on their 60 man, and it is purely like as a fourth piece or fifth piece, I would love to see the Indians get Riley Pint. Riley Pint's fastball and curveball are still plus plus pitches. He just can't spot them. His control is a disaster, his mechanics are a mess. Uh, Colorado has not been a great place for developing pitchers, mechanics, and control. Uh, It's not been a great place for a lot of pitchers to develop. You know, They need very specific types going through that system. Pint's stuff is amazing and the he's the perfect challenge guy for the indians because if you can get him just a modicum of control he's going to be an elite closer with that fastball curveball with his size and it's just the perfect intimidator uh if you can really revamp things with him you could have still like a number two starter he could end up having a ceiling as high as anyone in the indian system uh and he's not even viewed as a top 10 prospect in most places and that's why like if you're making a deal for someone like Clevenger, you know you get like four pieces typically in those types of deals. When you look at the historical background, Riley Pint is is someone I definitely want. Is that kind of final piece? Uh, again, he's a disaster right now in terms of his command and control. But Cleveland is so good at that. Like he is the perfect buy low for the Cleveland Indians. Colton Walker is another interesting like first base only guy with some fun hit tools. He's like the fifth guy of no, but uh, so what's, we're way over already and I said i to record another show. So what what's the deal I want? Uh, I come out asking, honestly, I go, I want Dahl, Rogers, uh, Veladi, and Pint. And when they go, whoa, 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 then I try to come back and go, well, okay, we need someone who can help now. So I still want Dahl and I want Rogers because I need an impact uh, up the middle guy with my current up the middle situation. Uh, Velotti's your big guy. So I'll pull back on Velotti. I don't think you guys are going to fight me on Pint. So instead of Velotti, let's go for the other V and go for Vavra. And that would be my ask. And that's still a high ask. That still may not happen. But Dahl struggles with Rodgers being hurt, uh, with Vavra still being under the radar, and with Pint being a disaster. You're kind of buying four wounded pieces, which is what they did when they traded Cliff Lee, in all honesty. Uh, Donald and Marson were having down years. Nap had kind of come out of nowhere and Carrasco had been scuffling. Uh, that was how that deal came together. It was four guys who were all a bit ding. Knapp was the only one whose uh, value was ascending that year. So yeah, that'd be the deal for me and I would be hard-pressed if they were going to agree to that to say no. Uh, Clevenger is irreplaceable. He's a fantastic player. Uh, he is not a problem on a team or in the clubhouse, but Rodgers could be your second baseman next year. and could come out and do some things this year when he's fully healthy. Uh, if Dahl gets healthy, he's going to be a permanent part of your outfield. You're in two pieces that help you in 2021 is possibly impact pieces. Uh, if you can fix Pint, uh, you have a real weapon in some form. And is just Bover could end up being your you know, shortstop of the future type. He could battle Ty Freeman for that role. I, I really believe in him. So... Tell me what you think. That was uh, podcast number one. I tell you about the mystery team, and we go really deep on the Colorado Rockies, which is, I'm sure, what everyone expected. What do you think about uh, the Rockies? What do you think about my trade idea? Uh, too much? Too little? Crazy idea? Not even worth the time? Uh, I just, I really like Rogers still. Like I said, it's a. I really like a lot of the pieces in this system. And I think they're in an odd situation where, you know, if you look at the fan graphs list, it's like Veen and they are their two and three in terms of uh, prospect value. So those guys are just sitting there. They had a few high picks this year. They, they can kind of afford to trade away some things to, uh, to get the right deal in place. Originally, I was going to try to say about getting someone like Scott Otberg or get a reliever from them. But uh, I just really like their minor leagues too much. I've been Jeff Ellis. You've been a fantastic audience. Tomorrow's show, we are going to preview the Pirates series. So stay tuned. I'm going to go record that right now.